I accept the poster challenge. I accept the coaster 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 challenge. Do you accept the coaster challenge? What is the coaster challenge? A group of regular people that went from fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please secure your hats and glasses. It's time to take the Coaster Challenge with your hosts, David Cantu and J.D. Prescott. Hey, how's it going, J.D.? It's going great. Uh, happy happy April. Springtime. How's your week going so far? Long. <laughs> it's well, I heard, been... well, I heard you started a new job. Yes, I did. Well, congratulations. Thank you. I am really glad. I, you're, you're the fourth person I've known so far this month that has gotten, a, gotten an even better job since the whole COVID situation happened. It, it is. It's fun. I'm back in doing movie industry, actually. I went back to the movie industry, which is not too bad. Yeah. I mean, you were really impacted hard by the COVID-19 uh, pandemic. And uh, I'm really glad to hear people are starting to get, 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 get back to work. And people are starting to venture out more we're starting to reopen you know theme parks are you know magic mountain has reopened and you know we got disney opening up you know at the end end of the month end of april uh knots is looking at in may and you know we haven't heard much on universal and sea world yet but uh i'm pretty sure everybody by by may we should have everything open hopefully the counties uh, la county is still in the red tier but Orange County is getting down into the uh, orange tier, which should put Disneyland at 25% capacity, which will be good news. Uh, there's progress being made in this. so. Yeah. Well, the news said, you know, hopefully sometime in April we should be in the orange tier ourselves. Yeah. So right now we've got a really exciting episode. Very exciting. Um, I hope you guys are... You know, got your coffee on, uh, coffee with you or your caffeinated drink because uh, uh, we got a pretty long interview. Uh, Andrew uh, has got a VIP uh, with him today, and uh, we're interviewing Jeff Joyner. You mean uh, Coaster Kids or yeah, Coaster Dad? exactly. Uh, you know, Jeff, is also known on Instagram as Coaster Dad, uh, well-known in the community with uh, as Coaster Dad. But, uh, yeah, him and his son, Logan, they, they run Coaster Kids and Thrills United, and, uh, you know, I'm really excited to have, you know, Jeff on the show. And uh, because Coaster Challenge and Coaster Kids have a lot in common when it comes to helping people be able to break their fears and helping them live better lives just by getting on a roller coaster. Well, that I'm glad, you know, I'm glad that he's on. Yeah. But we're going to get into that. But first, let's see what's happening in the news. California theme parks has a new restriction on when it comes to reopening that the new policy in California is that people are not allowed to scream on a roller coaster. Okay, let's pause that for a moment there, JD. I gotta pause pause the music. That is pro have you ever heard of anything like that before? No. I in my all the years that I have been riding roller coasters. I have never heard of a policy that said you're not allowed to scream on a roller coaster. How can you control? How do you control yourself from screaming on a roller coaster, especially if you're on a very intense one like X2? Yeah, um, but I mean, some people it's involuntary. It's an involuntary thing that they can't control. And so, how are they? Well, how yeah, are they going to control? And it's like, it? how do you get? How do you get a kid to not scream? Now, let's let's look at the the, the thing here about screaming. There are different types of screams. 
Okay, there's the fun scream where you're like, yeah, baby. And then all of a sudden there's the panic scream where you're like, there are two different types of screams and it's like, I know that when I started riding roller coasters, I was in a panic scream at first because I didn't know what I'm experiencing. And then, then, and then when you have, then they turn into fun screens, but that's good luck uh, to whoever the advisor here in California uh, gave that to our, to our leadership. Um, good luck enforcing that policy because you are not going to be able to stop a kid from screaming. Or someone that has that screams involuntarily because they're either scared or yes. So I literally like to see how the parks enforce no screaming policy. I think that's just. Uh, I'm sorry, folks. It's just ridiculous. It is. So that's pretty much what's been in the news, and it's been the biggest chatter this week. In- <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> I mean, it's like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it, it's it's almost comical. Yeah. <laughs> what are they going to have, the screen police? You have the right to remain silent. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, that, that's good. probably the weirdest news of the week. That's, so. That is the oddest news of the week. Yeah. All right, so... Uh, So we have a great episode today and a great interview. We got uh, Andrew standing by. He's got uh, Jeff Joyner from Coaster Kids and Thrills United. Uh, I'm going to be joining Andrew in that interview as well, J.D. So uh, I'm really excited about this. Um, And uh, so take it away, Andrew. Thank you, David and J.D. So this is Andrew, one of the correspondents with Coaster Challenge. Hello, everyone. Today, I have a very special guest that we're going to be talking to for a little while here, and that is Jeff Joyner. I think a lot of people know Jeff. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Glad to be here. Honored to have you, sir. Excellent. Excellent. Glad to have you. So, uh, so, so Jeff, we're going to be uh, talking to you about a few different things. We're going to ask some questions that we like to ask all of our guests. We're also going to get into some more specific questions, given your uh, experience and what you specialize in and, and how it actually very much intersects with the mission of Coaster Challenge. And we'll get to those later. But uh, to start off with, actually, why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself, tell everyone who you are for those few that d- probably don't know you already. Well, probably a lot of people don't know me, but uh, my <laughs> name is, is Jeff Joyner. I live in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, and uh, I've been a uh, I've been someone who loves riding coasters and rides my whole life. Grew up in Detroit, Michigan, so Cedar Point was my home park. And uh, we'd go to Kings Island for a couple days every summer, all through growing up. Uh, and so the, I think my first coaster I can remember riding was Racer at uh, at Kings Island. And uh, but what I wouldn't call myself a coaster enthusiast. Um, uh, but I kind of got dragged into the coaster enthusiast community by my son. Uh, my son, Logan, um, started a, a YouTube channel called Coaster Kids. And a lot of you guys uh, may have heard of him, uh, Coaster Kids with a K and a K. And, uh, you know, long story short, Logan is on the autism spectrum and uh, really struggled uh, as a young child. When he was four years old, he couldn't talk. He used to punch himself and slap himself all day. And um, it was a uh, it was an uphill battle, but he uh, got obsessed with watching roller coaster videos on YouTube, and he would sit for hours and watch POV videos, uh, and he did that for years. And he started talking, and he started memorizing stats, 
And uh, he did that when he was five and six and seven and eight. And by the time he was eight years old, he could tell you most every coaster in the world, uh, how many feet of track, what year it opened, the name of the manufacturer, the angle of the steepest hill, the maximum speed. But he wouldn't ride. He was afraid to ride. And um, uh, one day uh, in, in June uh, of uh, 2014, when he was eight years old, he said, Dad, I'm ready to be brave. And I said, what does that mean? He said, I want to ride a roller coaster. So we went over. We live about 20 minutes from Kings Island. I said, do you know what you want to ride? He said, yep, Snoopy's Flying Ace Aerial Chase. It was made by uh, Intimate. It opened in 1991. It's uh, 2003, <laughs> however many feet of track. And, and that was his first coaster. And he got off and he loved it. That summer, he rode all the coasters at Kings Island and um, really had a breakthrough. We went back to school in the fall and his teachers, uh, his special ed teachers were like, what the hell happened to Logan? <laughs> We're like, what? They said, he's not afraid of loud noises anymore. He's more confident. He's, uh, you know, looking at communicating better. And uh, they said, well, he, uh, I say, rode all the coasters at Kings Island this summer. And they didn't even believe me. Uh, but they um, were pretty blown away by his progress. So they wrote it into his, uh, his IEP, his uh, development plan that we could skip school, pull him out of school to go to theme parks for therapy. And so that's where this all started. We went out to Knott's Berry Farm. Uh, I do professional speaking and training for a living. Uh, I own a company called Jeff Joyner Training. And so I speak to audiences uh, all around North America on uh, topics like uh, success and attitude and teamwork and leadership and, uh, you know, customer service. And so I started bringing Logan with me when I was traveling to these events and he started riding coasters. He decided to start a YouTube channel called Coaster Kids. And, uh, and the story kind of goes on and on and on, but that's, that's my background and how I got. So, you know, I, I've probably ridden more roller coasters than any non-enthusiast. Um, I honestly, you know, there's lots of things I like doing better than riding roller coasters. I tell people I'm more of a parenting enthusiast. I love doing things with my kids and whatever they're into. Uh, that's what I get into. And so uh, we've been all around the world riding coasters together and uh, learned a lot of lessons uh, you know, it was doing that that I ran into, uh, you know, David and got talking about, you know, Coaster Challenge and what you guys do and uh, really kind of close to my heart, helping people face their fears. That's something that's important to me. That's great. That's uh, that's outstanding. So uh, you actually, in the process of your introduction there, you already answered my first question, which was going to be what your first coaster was, which was racer at uh, Kings Island there. Uh, but I wanted to touch upon some, a couple of things you mentioned there, especially uh, you mentioned that uh, Logan who I know could be with us today, but uh, you said he's on the autism spectrum. So you mentioned how he was, you know, very obsessed with coaster videos and coaster facts and knew every coaster out there. So I, I have a number of friends that are on the spectrum. One of my closest coaster buddies um, here in Florida is on that spectrum. And I've seen this again and again, where when, when you know, someone that's autistic or uh, Asperger's or anywhere on that spectrum, they oftentimes have a singular obsession and it can be different things. It can be movies. Uh, it can, it can be a certain type of food. It can be, you know, as the joke goes uh, with Rain Man, you know, got to watch Wapner now, you know, that kind of thing, TV. Um, right. So was it for Logan is that his obsession was coasters that kind of became a singular obsession. Yeah, he had, when he was younger, he went through different phases. He was really into Blue's Clues TV show for a while and everything was Blue's Clues. And then he got into Wipeout, the show Wipeout and would watch that. And uh, But coasters were like his first main obsession. And and I agree with you. We've met, we've met thousands of people around the world in the last six years we've been doing this. And 
it surprised me how many uh, kids and adults we met who were on the autism spectrum. In fact, Logan's teachers were just kind of blown away. You know, they were like, you know, I, when I, the reason they didn't believe me that rode and ride, Logan ride, rode coasters is they said, look at his file. It says that he's afraid of loud noises, strangers, crowds, fast moving things and heights. <laughs> and I go, I don't know what to tell you, but he picked the one activity that is all of those things. And so they were really kind of blown away. And I said, you know, I, I'm not an autism expert. I'm not a psychologist. I said, but here's what I think drew Logan to roller coasters is that they are predictable. What really frightened Logan and lots of kids and adults like him is unpredictable situations, right? It's not the loudness of the noise. It's the surprise of the alarm that they don't like. Right. It's, uh, it's not strangers that they're afraid of as much as that a stranger might get in their face. And, you know, and so uh, what coasters represented for Logan, especially combined with YouTube and POVs, is he would watch the videos and memorize how the coasters went. And uh, in fact, he spent a whole year before he was brave enough to ride coasters where he'd go to Kings Island, sit in the test seat for Diamondback or the test seat for uh, Banshee, and he would close his eyes and watch the video in his mind of the ride. And in his mind, he was riding Banshee. He was riding Diamondback. And, um, and so when the time came that he rode, he was not fearful at all because coasters are like the most predictable thing, right? They always go the same way every time, very predictable speed. And so his teachers are like, wow, maybe, uh, maybe we're kind of onto something about, you know, the predictability factor and, uh, mm. you know, kind of a cool, kind of a cool thing, but it was, yeah, his obsession for a long time, he's really kind of grown out of that now. Um, but there was a time when part of, part of the reason kids wanted to come meet him was his encyclopedic uh, knowledge of roller coasters that <laughs> we'd be in line for a coaster. And, um, in fact, Logan's coming right here. Hey, Logan, say hi to these guys. This is the crazy kid he's talking about. <laughs> hi there. Hey, hey Logan. <laughs> We're recording a, a podcast, and so I don't think they'll be able to see you here. We're doing a Zoom right now, but I think it'll just be audio later. But uh, this yeah, is uh, yeah, David correct. and Andrew from Coaster Challenge that help people. Uh, hi, Logan. Come their oh, cool. Maybe we'll get Logan to be a guest on one of your future uh, podcasts. We, we would love to have you, Logan. Uh, love to hear your story yeah, as well. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, uh, and then, yeah, uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's outstanding. So I think it's very, very, um, uh, fortunate perhaps, I guess for Logan that, you know, what, he, what was, or what became his obsession as he became older, older, you know, preteen and, and so forth was something that he, you know, continued and fully embraced and really helped him therapeutically with, with his, um, you know, with his, you know, dealing with all these fears and, and, and issues and helped him greatly. So he's, he's been better off as a person from it, huh? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and, and we've had a little bit of some hard conversations with some other parents that saw Logan's improvement and it gave them hope, which is a good thing. But like, you know, my kid's sure. not getting better leaps and bounds the way that your kid did. And I just had to tell him that, hey, every situation is different. Every kid is different. But Logan, literally, I remember, I don't know if you've ever been to Kings Island, but uh, there's a walkway that goes underneath oh, yes. Diamondback's first hill. And uh, when Logan was little, he used to cover his ears and run under that as fast as he could so that he wouldn't have to hear that, <laughs> that you know, B&M sound as it went by. 
And uh, fast forward a couple of years and we were standing under there and he said, is that more quiet than it used to be? And I said, no, it's exactly the same amount of noise it's always been. Uh, but he just kind of overcame that. And, um, you know, it's uh, and, you know, the part that's been really cool, the YouTube factor helped him a lot, too, that he, he really wanted to start this channel to spread his passion for coasters. And uh, he came up with this is all when he was in fourth grade. Right. He came up with calling it Coaster Kids with a K and a K. And he wanted to rate coasters on the LSS. And I said, what's the LSS? Well, that's the Logan scream scale of zero to five screams. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, you know, a coaster with uh, not very extreme is one scream. And and um, and so uh, but he really making the videos was a struggle for him when he was young. He would we'd probably delete five or six takes for every one that we kept because he would get tongue tied. And but his passion for coasters was forcing him not just to ride coasters, but to learn how to communicate. Right, David, I'm sure the same thing is true with some of your challenges you faced in your life that making, you know, YouTube videos and, it, you know, it's kind of forced, it forces you to work on your articulation and expressing your ideas. And yeah. so the first year he grew because of coasters. The next year he was really growing because of making YouTube videos. The third year was when strangers started showing up in droves that wanted to meet him. You know, we'd go to Cedar Point and 75 kids would show up wearing their Coaster Kids shirts that all wanted to ride coasters with Logan. And they would crowd around wow. him, Logan, 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 Logan. And it stressed him out. And he had to learn, okay, how to shake people's hands and look them in the eye. And we had a lot of good father-son conversations about, you know, how to learning to communicate with people. And Logan, why don't you... The, the weird phenomenon about YouTube is that these kids all knew him pretty well. They knew his favorite coasters. They knew his background, his favorite food, and they wanted Logan to know them in the same way. And so he just kind of learned to ask them questions. Hey, what's your favorite coaster? And they'd all start talking and, and they spoke that same language <laughs> of the coaster world, right? It, it used to crack me up. You see these total stranger kids come walking up and there's a little bit of, you know, shyness and nervousness. And then they start talking about what's your favorite B&M invert? Oh, it's Matu. Oh no, mine's Black Mamba. Oh no, mine's and all of a sudden they're all speaking a common language that supersedes, you know, ge geography, supersedes age gaps, even kids that are a couple years older or younger. It didn't even matter because um, you know they all had that that common passion. It was a pretty cool thing. That's really cool. I, I can relate, by the way, to one thing you mentioned about the challenges of uh, video recording and you know YouTube and so forth. Um, you know, I've been helping out with Coaster Challenge here now for almost three years. David and I met in uh, May of 2018, and here we are in March of 2021. And I started helping him within a couple of few months after that. And um, initially, it was just kind of planning things and occasionally going to media days. And, and, you know, then I started getting more and more into video. I bought my first gimbal for my iPhone and microphone. And, and then uh, actually, it was not even a year after David and I met in March of 2019, uh, I did my next international trip, but first time as someone representing a channel where I'd have to be, oh, gosh, I got to record my POVs. I've got to get my outside perspective B-roll shots and things like that. And I went to China for two weeks for work and I spent some time there, you know, vacation and weekends going to about uh, four or five different parks and recording a lot of, of coasters and, you know, doing the, and David and I did a lot of work beforehand to kind of coach me on how to do it. But the thing with doing re recordings like that is you got to get it right. You know, you can do some editing, 
and you can kind of mix takes a little bit, but you kind of got to get it all right versus something that I have a lot more familiarity given uh, not just my work on this podcast, but more so uh, some other work that I do related to being a coaster enthusiast with my work with Ace. I have done a lot of audio editing over the years. And the great thing about audio editing is you can really have a lot more flexibility. It's much more tedious in a way because you're not visually looking at anything other than a waveform, but you can edit things and edit out people repeating words and, and clearing their throats and, and foul ups and things like that without having to do a whole take all over again. So I can totally relate right. how much our more difficult video is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so kind of moving on with our questions here. Uh, you told me your first, your first coaster was a uh, racer. Great. And I have, by the way, I have been, to um, Kings Island a few times. I've been on Racer, and Beast actually is one of my favorite wooden coasters. Um, so in any case, what would you say is your craziest moment you ever had on a coaster? Craziest moment on a coaster? That's a good question. I've, I've, had, uh, I've had a few. Uh, we, uh, I'll, give, I'll give you a couple and you can decide which one's crazier. We were on uh, Diamondback <laughs> one time. And a guy had his cell phone hooked to a clip on his belt. Not the best plan. And, uh, and as we were riding on Diamondback, we see all of a sudden this guy, as we're, as we're going down one of the, the hills right before the splashdown part, um, I don't even know what they call those, airtime hills, but uh, we see his, his phone fly off his belt into the air. And as we are dropping down and slowing down, his phone stayed like right with him and his girlfriend reached up and like grabbed his phone right out of the air and we were like did you see that that was unbelievable and so uh we were we were decelerating uh and dropping at the exact rate of a falling object you know 32 feet per second squared it was fascinating uh but probably my funniest crazy moment i ever had was out at um uh, Mount Olympus in Wisconsin Dells that, uh, we were, um, we went out, we went out there for the first time when we rode Hades 360, which is, uh, yep. uh, whew, that's a wild ride. If you like wooden coasters, uh, it's pretty unique. Is that uh, gravity group, I think, and, uh, goes through that amazingly yeah. long tunnel. But, um, after we got off the coaster, you know, we shot our little wrap up video and I'm, I look at my phone and I have like seven missed calls from a phone number in Baraboo, Wisconsin. And I'm like, who in the world is trying to call me from, you know, and the people that from the park knew we were there and we were going to be filming there. So maybe they're trying to get a hold of me. I call the number back and it's like, uh, you know, whatever county sheriff's office. And I'm like, oh, this is the sheriff's office? And uh, they said, yeah. And I said, uh, I missed like seven calls from the sheriff's office. And they said, oh, they said, well, you called 911. That ride was so aggressive that my phone in my pocket shook so ferociously that my phone assumed it was an emergency <laughs> and called 911. And so this poor 911 operator is like, 911, what's your emergency? And all she hears is, Ah, ah, people screaming and so they thought there was a mass murder and they were trying to call my phone back and i said oh i was just riding a roller coaster <laughs> and uh i said well, that's probably never happened before and they said no it happens all the time <laughs> so that's probably my uh, most unusual coaster experience i would say that's the that's the first time i've ever heard 
uh, that situation, I mean, I know you can butt dial all the time when people and then you answer and all you hear is sounds like sandpaper grinding on something. But <clears throat> back yeah, to uh, what I you think, were saying, I, think I had a I had a similar situation happen to me, like with not the cell phone part, but um, one one time I was on full throttle over at Magic Mountain and we were going through that, that gigantic loop. And, and one thing about full throttle when you go upside down on that loop, you're upside down for quite a while. Well, I'm in my seat and all of a sudden I see this shiny silver thing floating down and it was a quarter and it was just floating. But then the quarter was coming closer to me, but it literally hit me in the shoulder, but it felt like a bullet. I mean, it hit my shoulder really hard. It left a mark on my shoulder. And I was like, wow, if a quarter can do that, thank God that cell phone did not hit anybody on the ride. (laughs) Yeah, we, we've seen some scary wow. stuff. Uh, my son and his friends were riding uh, Maverick at Cedar Point, and somebody had a uh, like a GoPro that came loose and came flying, and uh, it hit the seat right above the head of this teenage girl, and like, bam! I mean, like, really hard on a fast movie, and, and, and had that hit her in the face, it would have sent her to the hospital. And yeah. so uh, we're big advocates for uh, secure your uh, electronics and everything. Uh, exactly. You know, I'm the, I'm, I'm the typical uh, dad at the park with my uh, cargo shorts, with my zipper pockets. Everything goes in the zipper pocket because uh, we've seen a few crazy things like that. Yeah. Interesting. I, I have a similar story myself. And I'm sorry, whenever and, and, you know, these are we can joke about it perhaps, but at the end of the day, it can be quite a serious situation as Jeff, as you alluded to, and makes me think of the, the Fabio situation with the goose on yeah. uh, um, uh, Apollo's chariot in uh, Bush Gardens, Williamsburg. And none of us ever want to have that happen or any, you know, whether it be a goose or the poor goose as well, by the way, uh, or, or a cell phone or whatever it may be. But um, I was at Magic Mountain about four years ago with my husband and he is not an enthusiast like me. He's, I call him GP plus. So he, he's, I, I call him GP plus because he loves coasters. He knows some things about them only because he listens to me sometimes when I go on and on about them, you know, kind of like Logan does. Um, but, and, and, you know, so he's GP plus by his association with me. So I have my cargo shorts with the zippers, just like you, Jeff. I love them. I wear them to parks every time. I wear them pretty much all the time anyway, because they're convenient to have those extra pockets. Um, he does not have things like that. And we went on, well, what's now an infamous coaster that's no longer at Magic Mountain, which is Green Lantern's first flight, which is the uh, famous, uh, you know, Intamin, um, uh, what I forget what the model is, but it's basically it's like it's very a, similar to the Arrow 40 coaster. Free spin yeah. or what, no, it's not a free, what do they call that? Yeah, it's an Intamin Zach spin. We rode one like that in Sweden too. Yeah. 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 I've been on it before and I'm one of the, I guess, strange people that actually thought it was a decent ride. You know, even David hates it. You know, he's an enthusiast. So many other enthusiasts I know hate it. I screamed bloody um, murder. I, I, I screamed bloody yeah. murder at the end of that ride, that really fast turn. And I felt like I was going to be ejected out of the seat. I said, when they tore it well, down, I was like, yeah. good riddance, get rid of that thing. I, it's yeah. Take it to LeBron. I don't at this point. Yeah. Let LeBron deal with it. <laughs> oh, is that so, where that well, went? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I believe so. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, I've been on that one. I've been on many of the uh, SNS, not the arrow, the many of the SNS uh, of 40 free spins. And to me, they, they ride pretty similar, but, and again, both good, but they are kind of freaky. Like Dave was saying, because of the way they have these very 
you know, dramatic transitions as you reach each edge of the track and you're flipping over and you're going over those curves and, and so forth. Very unique um, physics to it. Any case, so I took my husband on it and he was freaking out the whole time. We get off the ride. His leg is hurting because I guess something hit his leg and his phone was gone. And I, I'm convinced his phone is what hit his leg. He's convinced otherwise. But anyway, his phone was gone and we could not find it. We go to Six Flags Guest Relations and they tell us to put in a request for a lost and found. And we check back at the end, you know, later on that day. Never, they never found it. I figure his phone's a goner. I got him a new phone. Well, months later, I get an email from Six Flags to, to, for me to send them $15 or something because they found his phone and so they could send it to me. I'm like, oh my God, I can't wait to see this phone because, you know, falling 100 feet or whatever, it must be destroyed and, you know, beyond even, you know, recognition. So I send the 15 bucks, I get the phone. The phone is in perfect working order. It looks perfect. It is working fine. Um, it's a testament. It was, this is again, four years ago. It must've been like an iPhone 10, I believe back then. Wow. And, uh, I, I wound up, you know, being able to sell it to gazelle for a couple hundred bucks. And, you know, I, I figure it was a goner. So pretty good testament to how, how good phones are. But again, that does not mean you should not secure your loose articles on a coaster. So, um, so my next question is, uh, Jeff, my understanding is that you, you know, you certainly do a lot of help in your, you know, your, your day job as they call it helping people overcoming fears and, you know, you know, with your uh, um, motivational talks and so forth. But why would you say in your personal opinion, why is it that overcoming fear is so important? Well, yeah. And I, I tell you, I, I meet, um, you know, I work in one of the lines of work that was really uh, kind of waylaid by COVID because I, I speak to conferences of 400, 500, a thousand, 2000 people. And those all kind of went away in the last year. Hopefully they come back. Uh, but I meet yeah. uh, tens of thousands of people every year. And um, I've worked with uh, companies and organizations and um, uh, events in 47 different U.S. states. So I meet a lot of people and I, and I talk to them about their dreams and goals and, and what's holding them back. And I just see over and over again that it is fear. That is the one thing that's holding people back. It's usually not fear of roller coasters, right? I mean, if you're afraid of roller coasters, well, you're not <laughs> going to have a great day at Six Flags, um, probably. Right. <laughs> but you know, how's that going to affect your life? Uh, and I, I don't know. That's probably marginal. Uh, but uh, you know, fear of other people's opinion, uh, fear of failure, uh, fear of looking stupid, fear of you know what are people going to think, fear of uh, of success, fear of uh, speaking in front of people, whatever it is. Uh, you know, I taught public speaking for five years at uh, Miami University in Ohio, and these students would come into this class just petrified, tear. I mean, like passing out fear, like give me an F instead of standing up and saying one word in front of this class. And um, and so um, I really have a heart for trying to help people overcome that, right? Because it's not, it's all false, right? You may, maybe you've heard this uh, acronym before, but fear, uh, F-E-A-R is false evidence appearing real. It is all in your head. Your fears are in your head. I tell people all the time, danger is real, but fear isn't. Fear is in your head. It's something you made up. And I just see people, you know, and even, you know, I have three, uh, you know, teenage kids and seeing, you know, young people and the struggles they have, asking somebody on a date, sharing with somebody their true feelings. Uh, it's all based in fear. And I, and honestly, I feel like it's getting worse, not better in our society, uh, you know, and yep. it, 
And I, I could go on and on and on. One of my, uh, one of the culprits, I think, in the fear mongering business is the media. No matter what your political, no matter what your political views are, most people can step back. And I've studied when I was in graduate school, studied you know uh, persuasive rhetoric and in uh, the use of uh, of mass media. But uh, but basically, the business model of the news is the same no matter where you tune in. They learned a long time ago that there's one demographic that watches news more than any other, and that's people who are frightened. And so yep. the business model is, yep. let's make people afraid, right? And uh, CNN wants you to be afraid of Donald Trump, and Fox News wants you to be afraid of Nancy Pelosi. And what they all agree with is just <laughs> as long as you're afraid, they'll win. Uh, even when there's a storm coming into town, you want to see fear mongering, watch the weatherman like, oh no, this no apocalypse is coming. And, uh, and people, you know, stay tuned, stay tuned for up to the minute. And that's how they make their money. And uh, people that don't know yep. better are just letting in, in, in the real, you know, maybe I'm over answering your question, but, but why do I have a passion for that? Because people who are afraid don't make good decisions. They don't make good choices. Right. right. Uh, they hide. They and they also, they, their lives are limited. Oh, Sorry, so limited. They make impulse decisions that are not the right, the right decisions. Yeah. They make, they make decisions to be safe and they seek comfort. And you know what? Nothing great ever happens in your comfort zone. Uh, you got to force yourself out of that. And so that's a lot of my training is, is, is kind of trying to inspire people to, you know, take a bold step in the direction of their dreams and goals. You know, do something you're afraid of. And I don't care even what it is. You know, that's what, that's what Logan's done with his, you know, you may have heard of Logan started uh, probably four years ago, something called the Be Brave Challenge. And um, it was around the time when the ice bucket challenge was the big viral thing that people were putting mm -hmm. dumping ice on their head. And Logan said, I want to start something like that. So he started the Be Brave Challenge and uh, made a little video. And here he was, you know, 11 years old at the time, uh, maybe 10 even, uh, making a video saying, I challenge everyone in the whole world to do something you're afraid of, record yourself on video doing it and send it to me and I'll feature it on YouTube. And uh, it's one of my favorite oh, cool. videos he ever made. I, he said, let me give you some examples of courage. You can ride a coaster you've always been afraid of. Or you can hold a snake if you're afraid of snakes. Or you can ride a skateboard. He said, or you could just apologize to somebody. And I said, oh, little man, you don't know how many grownups I know would rather hold a snake than apologize to somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but, so uh, true. So but true. It's, really, true. it's grown into this thing where kids and adults from around the world have sent Logan videos of them accepting the Be Brave Challenge and, you know, doing something they're afraid of. And uh, it's, uh, you know... To me, if you're going to do something, like we're going to put all this time and money into riding roller coasters, we got to find a way to do it so it helps other people. And I'm really proud of that Logan was able to do that. I've seen several. That's, of his, that's really seen, cool. Yeah, I've seen several of the Be Brave Challenge videos, and I think the the one I think that I'm curious to see if Logan's ever going to do it with uh, his new channel, Thrills United. But he, he, I know you know Taylor Bybee very well. Yeah. You guys do. Uh, I've had the opportunity to meet him at Kings Island during Orion. Great guy. Uh, but he did a great Be Brave Challenge video for Logan that I was very impressed on. And that was him doing the sky jump over at the Stratosphere in Las Vegas, which I'm thinking of doing next month for my 40th birthday to kick off 
another decade of life. And um, nice. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still trying to build myself up to uh, to do that. That's a 113 story jump. <laughs> so I'm, you know, have, have you and Logan ever thought about doing uh, doing something like that when you guys ever go to Vegas? Oh yeah, I, I would love to do it. Logan hasn't been to Vegas yet. Uh, I I rode. Uh, I was at Stratosphere back when they had uh, just they had the big shot and they had Insanity. I rode Insanity, yep. uh, which. Yep. is a perfect example of like fear being in your head, right? They're hanging you out a hundred and whatever stories off the ground, but it's basically a flat ride. And people are, people tell me I would never do that. And I go, you know what? If you did that same ride at the fair and went flying off of there, you'd be dead. Just like if you fell off the insanity in Las right. Vegas, you'd be dead. That, uh, that, that one of those things is not any more scary than the other one. And so, but, but it's all in your head. And, and even the jump that you're thinking about doing, I, I tell people all the time, like if anyone ever died doing that, you know, that, uh, that what is it like a control drop down from, yeah. Um, yeah. if a single person died yeah, doing the that, top. they would close the ride, right? So it's very right. resistance right. argues for its safety. And, uh, and again, if you, if, you, if you get fear out of your mind, you can start thinking logically. Logan spoke to a group in Michigan one time and he said, you know, you're way more likely to die driving to the theme park. I mean, you're, you're thousands of times more likely to die driving to the theme park than you are any ride. Right. Uh, he said, you're statistically, yep. you're more likely to die sitting on the toilet than you are riding a roller coaster. <laughs> but, uh, but one of those things seems scarier than the other one, right? So that so that that's the thing, David. If you're gonna you know jump off that thing, it just it seems scary. And Logan said something once that I thought was actually genius. He said, you know, your your mind has just got to be smarter than your brain, right? Your brain. Yeah, that's a interesting way. Your yeah. brain detects, oh, this is a scary situation. Your heart starts to race, and you're you know you start to sweat, and and that's just that's instinctual, right? That's fight or flight. Um, but your mind has to say, wait a minute, this just seems scary it isn't really scary yep and um there's some uh there's there's some genius in that idea right there which is the same thing by the way i, I do public speaking training for corporate executives sometimes and these guys who make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year but you tell them all right get up in front of a room and i'm gonna give you a topic and you got to speak on it and they start breaking out in sweat and um <laughs> and it's just it's just in their head and i'm like why are you so afraid they're like well i don't like public speaking why i've, I've never liked why I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you're acting like there's an alligator going to get you. Like, <laughs> and um, it's it's just all in their head. It's 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 fascinating. And so, you know, we have found what we love about these Be Brave challenges. We found roller coasters and drop towers and flat rides to be the safest way possible for someone to face their fears. And to see these kids makes a lot of sense. After they do a Be Brave challenge, or, or as you guys do your coaster challenge stuff, you know what it's like. Somebody who's afraid and they're terrified and they're shaking, but they just suck it up and get on there and ride when they come off their face is always lit up and, and logan's got 18 or 19 now of these be brave challenge compilation videos on coaster kids and if you watch them what you hear over and over and over again is these kids saying i'm so proud of myself i'm yeah. so proud of myself and that's another thing when i talk to autism related audiences occasionally kind of my little push is you know there's a lot of focus in our society on accommodation and awareness right that whether it's um, right. autism speaks or whatever they're talking about autism awareness okay which is good and autism accommodation let's accommodate these people but there's very little focus on what are some ways that we can put these kids or adults in a position where they feel proud of themselves and that's what we're doing. That's what you guys are doing with Coaster Challenge is uh, equipping 
and inspiring people to do something that they're going to be proud of. That's the mission statement. Uh, and I kind of jump around in the story, but now that Logan's in high school, he started a new channel and uh, we turned Coaster Kids into a nonprofit charity. It's a 501c3, you know, a nonprofit. Uh, but the mission statement of the Coaster Kids charity is, uh, you know, empowering and equipping kids to feel uh, the pride and thrill that comes with overcoming fears. And uh, there's not a lot that's of that. In, not a lot of that in school. There's not a lot of that at home. But uh, but that's you know it's what we're doing, and it's um, I, I think it's really important. That's great. Well, uh, it's a lot to unpack there. Uh, a lot of good stuff. So I want to touch upon a few different topics that came up. So first of all, perhaps on the kind of lighter side of things, uh, you mentioned Las Vegas. Uh, I've been to Las Vegas many times, whether it be for trade shows, for work over the years. I used to live in Arizona. That's where I went to college. And so we used to go to there for weekends, trips all the time. And I remember I went to the Stratosphere when it was first built. And then, like you said, they just had the Big Shot and the Coaster, rode those, um, no problem. Uh, and then in later years, this is going back, I think the first time I rode them was back around 2010 or so. The newer rides, um, uh, Insanity, I think is the one you were talking about, where it's just a, like basically almost like a swing flat ride, smaller one, and it, but it pivots out over, over open air, you know, what, a thousand plus feet up there, whatever that height is. Yeah. Um, which again, it's the same ride. You, you'd be in trouble either way, but you have that increased fear, that irrational fear because you've got that visual of being that much higher up. And then the other one that I've been on there, I forget the name of it, is, uh, and I think for some people it's the most extreme, uh, besides the, the the parachuting one that David's talking about doing. Um, the other ride is kind of like a cantilever, like a seesaw ride. You're a little, little like flat ride car. With, yeah, like, like I think tips seven you over people. the edge. And, yeah. yeah, and it tips you over. Yeah, and that, that was super fun. And so I know a lot of, of coaster enthusiasts, well, not a lot, a number of coaster enthusiasts that I've met that are afraid of heights and they are admit and they say they're still afraid of heights after being on coasters that are two, three, 400 feet taller in the, in the air. And they explain, they always say the same thing. It's on a coaster. They're up there so briefly that they can, and it's controlled, you know, like you talked about Logan with, you know, the coasters being controlled that they're okay with it, but being, you know, in a tall building or something like that, that scares them. Me, I'm not really afraid of heights. Um, I'm, you know, certainly aware of when I'm high up and, you know, if I was out in the open, I'd be careful like rock climbing or something, but I, uh, I've done a lot of travel over the years and, you know, Vegas, I mentioned Vegas, but I've been all over the world. And one of the things I love doing besides going to theme parks is I love doing kind of the sightseeing kind of stuff. And I love going to tall buildings and I've been on several are in several uh, of the tallest buildings in the world and not just inside them, but to the top observation deck that is uh, available on them. I've been on the Burj Khalifa in Dubai. I've been Taipei 101, uh, Shanghai, I believe it's called the Shanghai Tower. Um, it's the, the tallest building in Shanghai, uh, which is, again, in the top 10 in the world. I've been, um, I never made it in the World Trade Center, unfortunately, before September 11th, but I did, have been uh, both to the museum to pay my respects, uh, as well as to uh, the Freedom Tower. In any case, you know, I've been into a couple other tall buildings like that, Sears Tower, um, and I've been into some of these buildings where in, on the observation decks, they have um, glass floors. And that doesn't really freak me out at all and, and so forth. But again, I get that's a very common fear for people to be afraid of heights. Um, the last thing I want to touch upon, just kind of in general, some things you mentioned, Jeff, is, um, you know, 
all of us in life deal with challenges, whether it be you know work challenges, personal challenges, relationship challenges, um, illness, whether it be a physical or mental. Um, you know, we talked about autism, for example. Well, for example, I I have bipolar disorder, and I have dealt with three crippling depressions in my life. And for many people, including myself, when in a depression, um, basically it, it's about not being in the moment. So we're, I'm either depressed, thinking about something bad that's happened in the past whether it be recent or otherwise, and dwelling on that negativity. Or I'm worrying with that negative mindset, worrying about the future and what's going to come and how, how things are going to be and mainly thinking they're only going to be awful. And that's anxiety. And depression and anxiety, unfortunately, are a match made in hell. And, but they are very much you know, coupled together for many, many people. Um, and, uh, you know, anxiety. Yeah, exactly. And anxiety is, I would say anxiety and kind of its twin um, panic attacks are the, the, the worst flavor, the most extreme version of, of general fear. And uh, it, uh, they're it's just awful. And so I've learned because of dealing with my own um, uh, challenges um, that uh, how to deal with anxiety. And I, again, I'm never perfect at it because it's the way the mind works. So our, we're our own worst enemy as the saying goes. And that's a big part of that is anxiety and fear. But I've learned you know, tips and tricks and, you know, certainly how to, uh, you know, kind of therapy and a good positive therapy rather than, you know, obsessive things, or I'm thankfully I've never been addicted to drugs or alcohol, like so many people get addicted to as their coping mechanism for depression, anxiety, and fear. Um, but I, you know, I've tried to find, you know, positive things, you know, fun hobbies that I can escape to and, and, and just get a good mental break. And one of those, of course, as you probably can imagine, I'm alluding to is, is theme parks and roller coasters. And, um, uh, after dealing with my last depression, which was the worst one I ever experienced back in 2015, which ended in basically early 2017. I came out of that realizing that uh, leading up to it starting in 2015, one of the things that had happened is I had kind of forgotten, so to speak, about some of my hobbies, in particular theme parks and coasters. I still like them, but I wasn't going anymore, not very much at all. I was overworked and working way too many hours and doing that instead of, you know, doing the, the self-therapy things, the fun things. And so coming out of that depression, I, I made a, a, a commitment to myself that I'm not going to let that happen again. And I'm going to, you know, go back to the parks and ride new coasters and, you know, a year or so later, I wound up in China riding all these crazy coasters there that I'd never been on and getting the um, re, re, um, how can I say this? Um, reacquiring the uh, uh, life achievement, if you will, of having been to every Disney park on the planet. Because in 20, 2011 or so, 2010, I went to Hong Kong Disneyland and I at that point had been to every Disney park on the planet. And then go figure, Disney being a successful company they are goes and builds another park in Shanghai. And I'm like, and I found out about that at the end of my depression. It had opened in 2016 during my depression. Like I need to go to that park. And when I came out of my depression and lo and behold, two years later, there I was in Shanghai. Um, so, you know, I've really learned the coasters and theme parks. They're not just about having fun, uh, you know, or, or enjoying yourself with friends or family. They're really a healthy escape and they're not just a healthy escape for me. They're a healthy escape for many people. Uh, and then meeting David, you know, going again, almost three years ago now, I had never met a person before who had a physical uh, based affliction that riding theme park coasters and going to theme parks where the, those activities actually helped treat that, that illness. I was blown away. So, uh, you know, and the, the whole, this whole concept of fear, um, I, I think facing one's fears in one way, again, riding a coaster can help you face your fears in other areas that are not as easy to face.
if you right. reloads directly. So, right. yeah. So, yeah, um, you know, very hey, good. I, very good. I, I totally agree, by the way, that, you know, they, they, a lot of people, you ask about success, they're going to tell you focusing on the present, right? Stay in the present. The, the present's a gift. That's why they call it a present. And uh, roller coasters, <laughs> theme park rides, it's kind of the ultimate living in the present moment, right? When you're when you're riding Fury 325, you're not thinking about what are people thinking of me? Or I think I might fail my exam next week or worried about things that happen in your past, right? <laughs> you're, you're holding on for dear life. Hey. And, uh, and that's, boy, man, you nailed it on that. A lot of the stuff, I work with a lot of people that are just trapped in their past. And, you know, and I, I tell people that, you know, one of the dumbest things you can do is hope for a different past. <laughs> that is not going to happen. <laughs> the past you got is the past you got. And then there's other people that are paralyzed of yeah, fear of the future of what's going to happen. And uh, you can't control that much either. And so, yeah, you know, th- th- there may be something here somewhere, maybe a talk for IAPA or, or one of these conferences about, you know, therapeutic advantages of theme park experiences. I think uh, there's a lot of truth in that and there's a lot of wisdom and it's something people don't, you know, they don't really talk much about. We've been talking to parks about, you know, hosting these Coaster Kids events to help kids be brave. Uh, of course, we launched it right before the pandemic. It's the worst time in the history of the world to launch a charity based on group meetups at theme park uh that didn't <laughs> but um but we're hoping that some of these parks kind of get on board with yeah the charities that send sick kids to parks that's great the ones that help you know poor people take advantage of the parks that's awesome but there's a whole different kind of thing that uh that we're it's, i think strikes really at what the heart of what an amusement you know industry facility can be which is something that is helping families helping people absolutely absolutely you know i can tell you um you know as i mentioned i, I the last depression i dealt with was uh, the worst one i dealt with uh and it was it lasted from say august of 2015 until basically january early january of 2017 and i remember there were a couple of, of real key looking back, you know, hindsight's 2020, back in say November, December of 2016, pivotal things that happened just by chance that really led me to help come out of my depression. And one of them was I had not been to a single theme park during that entire depression. I was uh, on disability from work for quite some time. I had plenty of time, plenty of time to go to parks, but being in that throes of depression, anxiety, ping-ponging back and forth. The last thing I was about to do was leave the home and go do something fun or, or good for me. Well, as fortune would have it, some friends of ours were going to Disneyland on a Saturday in the middle of December. And they asked me if I wanted to go. And of course I was like, ah, I don't really want to go. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not feeling up to it, but they kind of, kind of dragged me to the theme park, so to speak. Uh, and I went with them and there I was, uh, you know, in that cold day in December, beautiful Disneyland, dressed up like, you know, beautifully as it always is for the for the holidays. And, you know, I remember being there on the lines for the rides, talking to my friends, joking around, riding the rides and experiencing the shows, etc. And yeah, during that day, I certainly was at times thinking about my issues, lamenting the past, being nervous about the future and what was to come. But I had breaks. I had time, especially riding the rides, as you pointed out, Jeff, you know, granted, they're not, you know, thrill, giant thrill rides like Fury or big coasters. It's Disneyland, but still they're coasters. They're, they're, you know, Gardens of the Galaxy. It's, it's a drop ride. You know, there's definitely those, that shots of adrenaline and so forth here and there. And just being in that environment, escaping the world and enjoying those, those, those light adrenaline experiences, I got critical breaks from myself from my mind from the prison of my mind and 
I started feeling better over the next few weeks. And then coming into January, a couple of weeks later, here I was, I was feeling great again. I snapped out of it. And that trip to Disneyland was pivotal. It wasn't the only thing, but it was pivotal. So yeah. um, you know, I find this, this is fascinating. Yeah, me too. They, you know, the, I found in my experience, I think sadness can be contagious and so can happiness. You know, they call Disney the happiest place on earth for a reason, but you know, Sometimes if I'm not in a great mood in the summertime, I'll just go over to King's Island, just walk around for a little bit and I'll use my dining plan, get a bite to eat. And there's just something about being around people that are laughing and having fun. And you know, as opposed to human nature is when you're feeling sad, you want to get around other sad people. <laughs> that doesn't help yeah. much. Yeah, uh, that, <laughs> right. I, I can um, I can definitely, um, gosh, that I something about when it comes to Disneyland, Everyone calls it the Disney magic because there are times in my life where, yeah, I've gone through depression three times in my life uh, over major situations from the economic crash back in 2009 to the fallout of my wife and I, you know, our marriage not working out. That really sunk me down probably to the worst depression I've ever had in my life. But I spent a lot of time. uh, I used to spend Sundays by myself. I would go to Disneyland and go to Disney's California Adventure. And I don't know what it is, but when I'm walking around that park, you know, I'll go grab me a bite to eat. I like the fact that being a single rider, I can get on a ride (laughs) faster than if you're with a group but i don't know it's just like when i step foot on that ground and i it's just everyone calls it like the disney magic it's like it just makes me feel a lot better and then when i leave the park i actually get back on my feet and i'm right back of just moving forward and saying you know think things gets things will get better ahead and we got to keep that in yep so yeah i think there's something to it for sure absolutely and and david yeah i have to agree and uh I guess this is a, a coming coming attraction heads up for our listeners that we will be, uh, you know, but David and I both being big Disney fans um, and uh, other people that we know and involved with this podcast and with Coaster Challenge also being Disney fans, that we're going to be uh, doing some uh, uh, episodes and podcast episodes, at least one coming up that's going to be more focused on that Disney magic and the concept of that. And as someone who's been back to Disney myself uh, a couple of times now since they reopened last year uh, but during this you know um covid times as they call it or pandemic times where with the masks and the social distancing and the lack of meet and greets and parades and and so forth i, I have some perspectives that I'll, I'll share when we when we talk on those episodes about how the disney magic has changed at least temporarily um but there is something to be said about that disney magic it's a real thing so um so let's uh let's go ahead and move on here so so jeff you and Logan um, use roller coasters like like people like David and I do to help overcome fear. Um, tell us a, a little bit more about that. I mean, I know you talked about that earlier, but perhaps there's a, maybe there's something else you'd like to share about specifically using roller coasters, these controlled, safe experiences to overcome fear. Here's what we found. You know, go, we've done a bunch of these meetups. We've been, to, I think, in the last six years, we've been to 80 different amusement parks in eight different countries. And so we've kind of been all around. And um, most of the time, some, you know, kids will come out that want to hang out with Logan and meet with them. And and it's funny because sometimes the parents will be like, uh, oh, well, Jimmy's here. He loves Logan's YouTube videos, but he doesn't ride coasters. He's not going to ride coasters today. He's just here <laughs> to meet Logan. And I always look at the parents and I go, oh, Jimmy's going to ride today. You know, nobody chickens out in front of Logan. And it's funny how many times there's been a kid that was totally afraid. And Logan will just look at him and like, hey, we're riding. Are you coming? And they're like, yeah. 
<laughs> and they get in line and they ride and the parents are in tears they're like i, I can't believe you wrote the beast you, you know and um <laughs> there's something about positive peer pressure that i think is that's a real thing too right that nobody wants to be the kid yep. uh, uh I, i've also learned though we've had people that have dragged their friends and like you know susan is afraid of coasters logan can you magically hear heal her of her fear and uh and the question is do you want to overcome your fear because some people don't right some people aren't ready right i've kind of learned to look a kid in the eye and like look into their soul like ghost rider you know and, and uh and, and i can tell by looking at a person in the eye do they want to ride and they're just afraid or are they not ready? And if they're not ready, it's the wrong thing to do to try to twist their arm to ride. But the most often, I would say nine out of 10 times, they want to ride. That's why they're there. And, uh, and we've tried right. logic. You know, so it's fascinating that some people need logic, right? We were out at, um, oh, what's the park that's got Boulder Dash? Uh, Lake Compounds. And there was a kid that was there that was afraid to ride the uh, Skyrocket 2. What's it called? Phobia Fear. And, um, and so there was a, a team, yeah, you know, here, so. here's Logan was there. Logan's 12 years old. Here's this kid who's like 17 and he's terrified and he's shaking and his, in his mind going upside down, right? That's the thing. He'll ride Balderdash all day, which is probably more dangerous <laughs> when you think about what's more likely to go flying off the track. <laughs> But he was afraid of that skyrocket too because it went upside down and it went upside down backwards and forward. And so uh, I was really proud of Logan who just kind of pulled this kid aside and said, hey, listen, um, how many times have you tried to get on that ride and then chickened out? And he's like, I've done that like 10 times. And Logan said, so how did you feel when you chickened out? I felt like crap. Yeah, chickening out feels like crap. So uh, I want you to think ahead, like just 10 minutes ahead from right now, an hour ahead from right now, from this minute. If you chicken out, how are you going to feel on the way home? Like crap. <laughs> but if you suck it up and be brave and get on that coaster and ride it, how are you going to feel? Man, that would feel really good. And if you, and we found if you can get people to kind of see past the scary part to how they're going to feel later, they almost always ride. And, um, and we've seen in that kid, if you go look up coaster kids at Lake Compounds and that kid is like, Oh, my favorite coaster. Now I'm, it's my favorite ride in the whole park. And I'm so proud of myself. And, and, um, but, but what they're proud of, I think is that they did it right. Like they got on, they, right. they're the ones who did it. They overcame it. And, and, um, but, but the other kids I found logic doesn't work. There was a kid at Cedar point that was afraid of top throw dragster. I could see how you'd be afraid of that. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I, I was trying to use logic and I said, well, you know, think of it this way. If you fall off a top throw dragster, you're going to die. But same thing. If you fall off a blue streak, you're going to die too. You'll be equally dead. Either one, not one of those isn't more dangerous <laughs> than the other one. And the kid goes, Oh my God, now I'm afraid of blue streak. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Nice job, Jeff. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, sorry, it didn't help that kid. But um, uh, so sometimes it's logic, sometimes it's peer pressure, sometimes you know we've had kids just say, you know, I'm just tired of letting my fears control me, and like, man, what an awesome thing! And and I really believe what you said earlier, Andrew, that if you can overcome your fear of coasters, you can overcome your fear of anything. And um, yep. you know, we have, I tell you, a lot of the kids that we meet, what they struggle with. You've been around adolescent coaster enthusiasts and uh, like we've been around a lot of them. And you know what? A lot of them feel like weirdos 
when they're at school, when they're around their friends, because they just want to talk about, you know, their favorite, you know, <laughs> Intamin launch coaster and their friends are like, dude, you're weird, right? I mean, the kid wearing his, um, <laughs> the kid wearing his Six Flags St. Louis t-shirt to school, nobody's like, hey, awesome t-shirt, <laughs> you know, or I survived King Naka. They're like, what? You know, and so those kids feel like weirdos. Um, and yeah. uh, what we found it, and it's, you know, man, I'm thankful for it that these, these parents have told me over and over, I mean, like hundreds of times, parents have told me, you know, my kid feels like they're all alone and they feel like a weirdo. And then they found Logan on YouTube and they said, mom, that's awesome. that kid from Ohio is just like me. That kid from America is just like me. We met an awesome family at Fantasia Land in Germany. And the dad was, uh, you know, the Frederick was the kid who showed up with his coaster kid sweatshirt on. He was so proud. And and I'm just blown away that some kid in Germany is wearing a sweatshirt my son sold on his website. How crazy is that? You know? <laughs> That's but cool. Said, you, know, you guys are my age, the way we grew up, you know, and I didn't have any friends in Germany when I was growing up. And so, uh, but this kid, Frederick, is hanging with Logan and riding the, all the rides uh, at, at Fantasia. And the dad is just tears in his eyes. And I said, uh, you okay, sir? And he goes, you know, he said, my son's on the autism spectrum. He gets bullied at school every day. He's been asking us to homeschool him for two years, but we just can't, that won't work for our family. And then one day he said, dad, that boy from America is just like me. And look how popular he is. And look how many <laughs> friends he has. And this, here's this dad like weeping while we're in line for Taryn. And like, you know, it changed our lives that it gave our family hope. And I'm like, what a cool thing. I think there's a lot of bad things that have happened on the internet. There's a lot of bad things that have happened in the coaster community. There's a lot of good. There is a lot of good yep. That, yep. Uh, that, that YouTube and the internet and the coaster community in a way to bring people together. And uh, yeah, and so for these kids, and then when we do these big meetups for there to be like 60 kids and they all love roller coasters. And, uh, and some of them are quirky and a little weird, but they're not weird that day because you know what? Everyone's quirky and weird in this group. <laughs> uh, but, it, but it's fascinating. I'll tell you what, an interesting story about that. Um, we met one family uh, uh, I think it was at Cedar Point, and they had a son who was really into roller coasters and couldn't wait to meet Logan. And the dad said, he goes, you know, my daughter is really into owls. And I said, what? Like the bird? Yeah, she's into owls. That's her thing. And she always felt like a weirdo. And then she found an owl community on the internet. And they have conferences. <laughs> and, and they wear t-shirts. And they're like, who, who, who are you? <laughs> and uh, it's the exact same psychology, right? I, I used to be really involved in comic books and going to Comic-Con conferences. And it's the same thing, right? That, hey, you want to dress up like the Green Power Ranger? Have at it. Nobody here cares. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I think uh, like everybody's got something that they're passionate about. Like, I know, Andrew, you're big on cars. You're a car guy. Yep. yep. Um, I'm a yep. big, I'm a Lego fanatic. I love Legos. I have billions of Lego pieces. I build incredible models. I've even, I'm in the middle of building a huge Lego roller coaster in my garage right now. <laughs> it's taking months to That's do, so but cool. it's going to look really nice. Cool. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and it's amazing. Like, the internet is an amazing place because you're able to find group chats and able to find a, a community where people are able to share or swap ideas. And I end up meeting a guy in the Lego community who builds incredible Lego roller coasters. And I was like, he made a Ferris wheel from scratch. And I'm like, how did you do that? And he literally sent me the instructions. Wow. I was like, 
thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's amazing. I think that's a healthy message that you know whatever you're into, that's cool, man. You're not weird. You're just just you be you. And um, right. You know that I. But you know what else I've learned? All of these fandom communities can be a little toxic because. It yeah. starts being this human nature competition that I know more than you. And that makes me better than you. That's yeah. I, I'm not a big fan with these kids using the term GP because it's very derogatory and basically saying that because I know more about coasters, I'm better than you are. And that person's looking at you like you're the weirdo. And, um, <laughs> but uh, that's why, you know, I, mean, I don't know if you've ever seen my, I have an Instagram account called Coaster Dad, where I try to, you know, be a positive voice in the, in the coaster community, especially to a lot of these teenagers. And I'll do like a Q and A and uh, every now and then, and the questions I get are like, you know, I'm afraid to talk to girls. What should I do? Okay. Well, <laughs> let me give you, you know, and it's funny. They're not asking me coaster questions. It's people that are together, right, in the community, right. but they got the same problems as everybody's got, or my parents, don't accept me, you know, what do I do? Or, uh, you know, I'm feeling depressed or, and, and so I, I try to be a positive voice. One, one of the things I've been trying to do, Logan and I both for the last five years is push the coaster community away from arguments about what's the best coaster and instead reframe the conversation to what is your favorite coaster. And I tell, there these, you go. Kids, yep. I, yep. I tell these kids, there is no best coaster. There's no Olympics for roller coasters, right? With a gold medal no. winner. Uh, even, even the award things are all skewed. And so, but everybody likes different things, right? I like floater airtime more than ejector airtime. So my favorites are going to be completely different to somebody who, uh, you know, they want to, someone who wants to gray out on a roller coaster. That is not my thing. I wrote Intimidator 305 and my vision narrowed down and I go, Logan, what was that? He goes, that's a gray out, man. That's the <laughs> He goes, that's the best part. And I go, not for me, it wasn't. I don't want to experience that ever again. <laughs> Everybody likes different things. And I think it, I think it's healthy, right? Nobody debates about what's the best ice cream flavor. They talk about no. what's your favorite no. ice cream flavor, right? How weird yeah, would you be? Talk, if you yeah, talk, like, if, chocolate's the best. And if you don't like chocolate, I hate you. But I mean, Logan's had... <laughs> Logan's had people, you know, and I, you know, I don't even joke about it. He's had people threaten to murder him because of his ranking what? of roller coasters. Yeah. That's um, ridiculous. Like, I, That's I'm ridiculous. I would, I would tell Logan, yeah, for Logan, he's not alone on that. Myself, I, I know several YouTubers, podcasters. Um, I work with celebrities, you know, in my, in my profession. And yeah, it's really sad. Um, I don't know, Jeff, would you say that's just people because jealousy? because of success. I well, mean, I mean, part, part their of own human, fear. Part of it's human nature that people want to feel better than other people. And, you know, it's ever, security, since, ever since kids were in the, in the sandbox, right. I'm going to tear you down and make fun of you to try to make myself feel better. What they, I do a lot of training on dealing with difficult people and how to deal with bullies. And I'm like, what you got to realize is that the bullies yeah. are cowards on the inside and uh, they're trying to pull you down to make themselves feel better. The problem with that is it's temporary because deep in their soul, they know that that's a dirtbag thing to do. So they feel worse about themselves. So they try to tear people down more and it's just a downward spiral. Spiral. That's part of it. There is some jealousy factor that, you know, Logan's ridden 500 yep. roller coasters. And so he'll, we'll, there'll be like adults on Reddit, like ripping the crap out of it. I've I, I deleted Reddit. I'm like, that's the most negative. Oh. Thing right there. But people just, wow. this, 
this spoiled, privileged kid. And, you know, uh, like when we went to Europe, we, we spent a week in Europe. We went to 21 theme parks in 22 days. And um, people were just, oh, just so jealous. And like, what a spoiled kid. And I'm like, hey, you know what? Uh, Logan earned the money to go on that trip and paid for himself. And he paid for me too. And yeah, uh, you spent your that. time trying to create something people were interested in instead of tearing down people you don't know maybe you could have some success too. And so it's right. kind of a litmus test. Right. You know, when I met David and he, he, you know, and he found out what we were doing, he goes, it's awesome what you guys are doing. When I saw what he was doing, I go, that's awesome. Even the other YouTubers, we have conversations all the time. We went on our, our trip to Europe and we were with, um, you know, Taylor from Coaster Studios and um, Harry from CoasterBot. And, and we're all good friends. All, all, all of us are all good friends and people try to pit us against each other. Like, well, coaster bots mm. better than, co and we're like, guys, it's different things. It's totally, it'd be different if YouTube said you were only allowed to subscribe to one coaster channel. Well, then it would be some fierce competition. <laughs> <laughs> but we all do different things. We all do it in our own way. We personally, we try to focus more on helping people because that's kind of in our spiritual wheelhouse. Um, other people, that's not their thing. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys watch, ever watch Coasterbot, Harry, uh, but, uh, you know, him, uh, he's one of the coolest people we've met doing this, oh, got a chance to go to the UK and hang out with those guys. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I've seen Coasterbot so, videos. Uh, Very awesome. Um, so I think the next thing we want to talk about is we've kind of covered some of these other questions. Um, but let, let's talk a little bit more about Coaster. We've talked a lot about fear here and a lot of good conversation in that regard. So, uh, Jeff, you and Logan, you've written. Uh, like, you know, myself, and I know David's getting up there too now, hundreds of coasters all over the world. Um, what would you say is not the best? Again, I agree with what you said earlier. What would you say are some of your and, and Logan's personal favorites? Uh, my favorite coaster, yeah, I've ridden uh, over 300. Um, my current favorite is, uh, and, and Logan's right here. Logan, what's, what's your favorite these days? The Top Thrill Dragster? Probably Top Thrill Dragster, yeah. Yeah, Logan, uh, you know, talk about the, the bullies. <laughs> Logan's decided he likes top throw bags. Dragster's more of his favorite than Steel Vengeance. And uh, people that are <laughs> part of the Steel Vengeance religion uh, take uh, blasphemy at, uh, at such an idea. But uh, he said, hey, he said, it's the one coaster that my heart still races before I get on it. I'm a little nervous to ride it every time. And uh, that's why he loves it. Uh, I would say Top Throw Dragsters in my top 10 for sure. I love my favorite ever was Terran at Fantasia Land. Oh, nice. Uh, Terran nice. Blew, blew me away. The, uh, the theming of it. The, and part of it is, you know, a lot, a lot of you enthusiasts will study something before you go and you know all about it. You, you know more about it before it's built than I know getting onto it. And so I didn't realize that it was a multi-launch. And so when halfway through that ride, whoa, it like launched us again. Uh, I caught me totally off guard. And I just started laughing. It cracked me up. Uh, so that's one of my favorites. Um, I love uh, GCI coasters. So I loved Wicker Man in England. Um, my, my favorite, this is, uh, let's see what else. Probably my, I, think I, I, made a, I made a video for Logan's channel. Uh, of my, and it got like 45,000 views. And I was like, people got too much time on their hands if they want to spend that much. You want to see what my coaster favorite <laughs> but I would say Terran number one and number two, Fury 325. And um, excellent. But, but again, I love floater airtime, right? I love uh, the B&M clamshell restraints are my favorite. You know, someone asked me if you could design any roller coaster, I'd say a top throw dragster type launch coaster with a top hat 
but with B&M clamshell restraints, uh, that would, uh, so that'd be pretty wild. Um, what else? Uh, Shambhala was one of my favorites. That's in my, in my, uh, top five Shambhala at Port Aventura in Spain. Uh, my favorite, uh, yeah. GCI is wicker man. My favorite, uh, my favorite RMC. And again, you talk about how people like different things. Can, can you guess right. what my favorite hey. RMC is? We, we, I've ridden almost Oof. every RMC in the world. I haven't ridden Railblazer, and um, and nobody's ridden the new one in Tampa yet. But I think I've read all the rest. Written all the rest. What do you think my favorite is, David? You got a guess? You know, Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman. I did love. I liked that more than I thought because I thought it might be too intense for me, and I did love it. That's the only <laughs> RMC I've ridden that Logan hasn't ridden yet because I was speaking at a conference in San Antonio. <laughs> David, any guesses? So you're talking about <clears throat> RMC? Favorite um, RMC. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's going to be Steel Vengeance. <laughs> it's not, although I do love no, Steel Vengeance. No. And, and if you were going to say what's the best coaster, there's an argument that Steel Vengeance delivers, you know, one of the right. best ride experiences for sure. Yeah. That's, I think that's indisputable. I know. My, my favorite RMC, I liked it because it had one of the best views that I've ever seen at the top of a coaster, and it was Wildfire at Colmarden Zoo in Sweden. Wow. Oh, okay. That thing, that thing blew my mind. You get up to the top of the lift hill, you look off to your left, and there's this gorgeous lake and these mountains and the clouds and forest. And it like, <gasps> like literally, you've heard the expression, oh my gosh, that took my breath away. It literally took my breath away. And um, I usually don't re-ride coasters a bunch of times. Two or three times in a day is plenty for me. Uh, but I rode Wildfire a dozen times that day uh, just because I kept wanting to look off to my left and see that view. And I, boy, I wish sometimes, I could. Re- sometimes you want to wish to you get stuck on the lift hill in that one spot where you can just see that view for a while because I'm oh, somebody yeah. who loves looking at scenic views like oh, that. And I'm like that too with um, That's cool. Yeah. Millennium Force. A lot of people badmouth Millennium Force. And, uh, you know, I love getting up there and you look off, you know, and you can, you know, see almost all the way to Canada and, and uh, just a beautiful view. I think and the again, place... I get after people sometimes. I, I try, I'm kind of a positive attitude guy. I like try to find the good in everything. Try to be a good finder. Yeah, that's one of my rules in life. I tell people, hey, you want to be happy? Learn how to find the good in every person and every situation, and you'll be absolutely. But when I hear absolutely when I hear people going on and on and on about how much they hate Millennium Force, I told I told one guy, and I was trying to be as polite as I could. I said, you know, if you can't have fun on Millennium Force. I think you've forgotten what roller coasters and amusement parks are all about. Amen. 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 On that. Amen. Yep. You know that that you know you know what yep. I mean. This is yeah. It's you can say it's not your favorite Intamin or whatever. And, and you know what? When I wrote one of my top ten is um, Expedition G Force, uh, and, and it was better than Millennium Force, I think. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I don't right. have fun on Millennium right. Force ever again because I like G Force better. That's crazy talk, yeah. in my opinion. Jeff, I do got to ask you, and I know this is a podcast, and so this is an audio form. But I'm gonna, you know, you might have noticed my background here changed. So I'm gonna guess based on Taryn being your favorite. And Fury being your second favorite, you know, enjoying kind of the clamshell restraints uh, that you're probably looking forward to what I'm very much looking forward to writing here very soon. And what I got to see a preview of uh, going back to Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure a couple of weeks ago for the first time since last June. And that is, of course, Velocicoaster. So I'm guessing you're going to be looking forward to that. That's Taryn's big brother with a top hat and 
Yeah, it it looks. Uh, I, I haven't seen a bunch of, but we were we were down at um, Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure back in November, and so they they still had the walls up and they were building it. And so I haven't seen any POVs. I don't I don't like to study it too much, but it sounds like everything that I like. I love launches. Uh, I love. Um, uh, to a degree, I love rapid transitions. You know, sometimes when I'm on uh, Maverick, yep. it's a little too rapid for me. Yep. You know, the kids laugh at me if I, you know, again, you can't see this. If, we, if you're watching my video instead of a podcast, I'll, if I ride Maverick and I see that there's one of those turns to the left, I'll like lean way over before it comes. And then when Maverick turns, it just pulls me up straight. <laughs> I don't like the sensation of getting <laughs> too much. Yeah, I, I'm really, really looking forward to that. But, but again, yeah, I, I, think I think it's healthy to have a recognition that people love different things. Logan and some of his friends are going through a phase where they love getting beat up on coasters, right? That the more violent, the better. And so they go to Holiday World and they'll ride Raven and Legend, you know, and Voyage all Voyage. day. Yeah. Just they're like, that was awesome. I rode Legend and was like, I need to go to the chiropractor. Maybe I'm too old for this. Right. <laughs> and um, right. But again, it's like, it'd be like saying, well, you know, but I, I like lobster and someone else doesn't because they're allergic to shellfish. Well, that doesn't hurt my lobster dining experience that someone else doesn't like it. Yeah. You know, people like different things, people are into different things. And, uh, uh, I think the more we can push that reality out to people and, and I think it says something, you know, one other little thing I'll touch on. We're talking about psychology here a little bit. It says something about you when you feel you need to tear a coaster down or tear people down that yep. like that coaster. Yep. You know, uh, when Logan first started getting some hate on the internet, we were kind of new to the whole YouTube thing and Instagram. And I thought it was bizarre that people are just hating people making videos about this stupid kid and blah, blah, blah. And he's retarded. And I mean, just on and on. And um, I was really concerned about it. And I asked Logan one time, this is probably when he was 10 years old. I said, what do you think about all that? And he goes, you know, people that spend their time, spend their energy tearing down me and they don't even know me. I think that says more about them than it says about me. Yep. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> exactly. Like, yep. Um, and I said, not only is that true, but God, what if I'd have known that when I was 11 years old? I wish right, um, right, yeah, that, other, that, 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 you know what, other people's opinions, they just don't matter. That, I mean, so he's, yeah. he's learned pretty quickly that right, he cares about the opinions of people he respects, uh, but some random negative yep. uh, stranger. Exactly. Out there you know, that's probably the greatest, the, the bravest thing to hear Logan say that at his age, because when I was at his age, you know, I was badly bullied, really bad in school. Not just even before I was diagnosed with Tourette's. Um, I was just bullied because I was just a quiet kid. Um, I kind of kept to myself. I, I didn't have any, I had like one good friend in elementary school. But yeah, I just had, it just took one kid to just bully you. And then all of a sudden you got the whole school bullying you. Yeah. And I think it accelerated more with my Tourette's in elementary school. By the time I got to middle school and high school, I was actually doing good because I started, I went to a different school, uh, like I went to one middle school and then majority of the kids at my elementary school went to a different middle school because I lived in a different zip code. And oh. I was able to build a good group of friends in middle school all the way into high school. And you know what? I have been out of high school now for going on 22 years. And I still see all my high school friends to this day. We still hang out. That's great. JD, JD and I here on the podcast, we've known each other since middle school. Jenna, who's one of our correspondents, I've known her since middle school. So a lot of people that are involved in my organization 
I still went to school with them, which is a blessing because not many people can say they're still with their friends from high school, you know, almost 40 years old. So it's, yeah, it's a blessing. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I, I will absolutely. say it, it's gotten worse since I think when we were kids, because the bullying used to stop when you go home at the end of the day. And that was so right. It's incessant. It is all the time. But th there's pros and cons to everything because I think some of these kids are learning to be a little more bulletproof. You know, my my daughters are, are funny. You know, we, Logan's got two older sisters and they're like, Dad, you get so worked up about things that people say on social media about your kids. And I'm like, just, you know, how dare they? You know, <laughs> and, um, and uh, my daughter, Natalie, was like, Dad, we don't, you don't even know who they are. It's just some stranger. Who cares? And uh, why? And she said, why do you take it personally? And I said, well, you know, when we were growing up, the only people that bullied you were people you knew. So it was personal, right? Right. That it was, right. it was always to your face or behind your back at school. And, and so it's even been good for me to kind of learn, you know, I, I used to get in these debates with people on social media. And then I realized, you know what, what these people want is attention and I'm giving them attention. How dumb is that? Yeah. And so now I'm like, block, yeah. Yeah. block. And they'll yep. make up, a, they'll make up a new account and start you know, add it again. I'm like, block takes them five minutes to make a new account. Takes me five seconds to block them. That's a battle. They're not going to win. <laughs> a very yep. good friend of mine, uh, a good friend of my mom's actually said something to me that really made sense, uh, stuck to my head. She goes, negativity attracts negativity. She goes, when you're negative, anybody else out there who's negative, they're going to be attracted to you. It's, they're going to orbit around your life. And and then it's going to be hard to get out of that. The more positive you are, you know, the negativity usually goes out, you know, when you're more positive. So, yeah, I, I've been trying to keep that philosophy yeah. in me. I think you're right. And, and, you know, and here's what I'll say in defense of the coaster community, just so no one thinks I'm like knocking the coaster community. Uh, and I bet <laughs> this is true in every fandom enthusiast community is that. You know, I mean, how many members are there of Ace? 12,000, 15,000, whatever that number is. Oh, many thousands. Yeah, so, yeah. But, you know, out of those people, how many of them are total jerks who are out there at tech? Like a dozen at the most, right? They're just- Not many, just, yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a handful of total losers. And um, yep. they, us they usually kind of move on to something else if you don't give them the attention that they want. But we have found, I mean, some of the nicest, most beautiful- spirits that I've ever met in my whole life are people that we've met at theme parks, people that are into coasters, people, just wonderful, wonderful people. It's been, um, I, it's, you know, I have a YouTube channel um, called an Epic life where I'm trying to make some positive videos. And I just recorded one today about the coaster kid story. And um, that, uh, you know, and I, and I don't know what exactly I'm going to call it the video, but I think it's, I, I started off by saying, you know, let me tell you about the most amazing project of my entire life. It's the most amazing thing I've ever been a part of. And, and it's amazing people. And uh, it, it just seems like every week, every month, we're meeting uh, people that just are awesome people and uh, that this this hobby has brought them together, which is pretty cool. Absolutely. I agree. And I, like you said, I, I've met a lot of great positive people. In fact, uh, one couple uh, that I've met, uh, actually, technically speaking, met in person only a few months ago, but have talked to now for a couple of years. Uh, they're big fans of Coaster Challenge. And in fact, they're going to be on the uh, podcast here in a couple episodes coming up. Uh, Larry and G in lines. Uh, they're oh, yeah. we, they, we uh, they're my role models. You know that, of course. Yeah, they're in Ohio. Yes, of course. And they're my coaster enthusiast role models because, you know, Jeff, you were talking just a few minutes ago about how, you know, Logan being a 15-year-old, all these kids, you know, they're very limber, they're young. 
they, they just make this habit lately of going on all these coasters that beat them up. Whereas you, if you ride on a, a rough ride, you know, one time it's time for the chiropractor. Well, you know, I'm in my forties. I still ride coasters pretty well, but yeah, if it's a rough ride, I'm going to feel it. I'm going to be like, I'm not going to marathon that. I'll get one and done for the day. Um, and, and Larry and Jean, uh, I've hung out with them at parks, you know, they're in their seventies, but they are fit. And, you know, coaster enthusiasts, being a coaster enthusiast, it's almost like a sport in a way. It's a very much a physical thing and it, 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 it the effects it can have on your body. And you, the more in shape that you are, the better off you are. And Larry and Jean, you know, they might not be spring chickens age wise, but they are in good shape and they exercise and you know what? They ride the coasters really well. And I want to be them, you know, in 30 years from now, 25 Amen. years from now, when I'm say their age now. So I, I aspire they're, to be in. They're living yeah. the dream. And I, like, you know, early. Yeah. I was going to say, I, yeah, I got to tell you the I'm story. I'm really looking forward to talking to them. I got to tell you the story yeah. of how we met them, that uh, we were at Cedar Point. This was in the early days of Steel Vengeance, maybe even, you know, the first rider event. Uh, and here comes this couple, right? And they're, you know, gray haired, older couple. And, and, uh, oh my gosh, it's Logan. It's Logan and Jeff. We just want to thank you guys. And we're like, thank us for what? And they said, we just took a trip to Europe and we watched all of your videos from your Europe trip. And that's how we planned our trip on uh, what parks do we want to go to? How many days do we want to, and I'm like, that's amazing. Like when we started making these crazy little videos, who'd have thought there'd be a retired couple planning their world vacation around uh, the videos that we filmed. And, uh, but we've got to be really good friends with them. And I'll tell you, I, you know, I, I told someone, Larry and Gene are living the dream and they're like, yeah, they're riding lots of roller coasters. Yep. And I go, yeah, but that's not what I mean. Here's what I mean. Living the dream is that everywhere they go, they're a blessing to other people, right? Everybody yep. that they hang yep. out with is better off for knowing that, that they are uh, absolutely they're, they're kind and they're encouraging and they're sweet and, um, you know, I, I gave uh, some Coaster Kids t-shirts for their uh, grandkids to be able to wear because one of their grandkids was doing a Be Brave challenge on uh, Millennium Force. We'll see them at Cedar Point sometimes with their grandkids. And I'm like, man, that's living the dream too. Being able to do stuff with, you know, with your, uh, with your kids and grandkids. That's a pretty awesome thing. Yeah, I got to meet Larry. That's, that's awesome. I, I met Larry tw a couple of times in uh, Kings Island. I haven't met Gene yet, but I, I've met Larry. Wonderful man. Uh, him and I talk all the time. I think the biggest thing, like you said, Andrew, he, he, yeah, they're physically fit. Larry would message me daily because I've literally, and since I started riding roller coasters, I literally dropped 125 pounds just, just so uh, just awesome. from all the moving and exercising. And Larry was see, we're friends on Facebook and he saw that I was going to the gym every night, like five nights a week. And he would at, he would email me. He was like a motivation coach. He was sitting there like, you can do it, David. He goes, here's some pointers. Make sure to do, do, do your sit-ups, do all, make sure to do your rips, make sure to, to work on your legs on this day, you know? So him and I were always exchanging. So like, we were kind of like helping each other. And it was like, I really, and I, if Larry's listening, thank you for that. You know, I really appreciate all the advice and I look forward to seeing him again soon too. So one last question. Um, it's kind of related to the, the previous question and then it's kind of a wrap up. So we're actually pretty much close to being done. So let's uh, go ahead here. So we talked about your favorite coasters. What about, you know, I know you've traveled all over the world. Like I have, what about your favorite parks? Maybe a couple of your favorite parks and it could be here in the U S so. All right. All right. Yeah. We've been, I, I think I, I'm coming, I need to total it up cause I'm coming up 
on Lifetime, a hundred amusement parks and theme parks that I've been to. And, um, you know, when we were at Dorney Park, we got talking to uh, the guy who uh, is the president there, runs that park. And and I told him I do speaking and training. He said, do you ever do training for theme parks? And I go, no, I never have. But, you know, I'm probably the only professional speaker and trainer in the world that's been to 90 theme parks. <laughs> and so <laughs> I started, started putting some thought into what I like and what I don't like. And, and so I'm going to answer the question in two parts. Like, what are my personal favorites? My personal favorite part, and again, this is people have different things that are important to them. My personal favorite parks are of the course. ones that have supported my son. So okay, that's good. So my, so my number one favorite park is Kentucky Kingdom, because uh, I knew you're going to say that. Nice. Somebody, you know, and, and and again, we've had some talk about some jealous people that are ripping us, but um, somebody sent a link. We made a little documentary kind of movie about Logan's story, and someone sent it to Ed Hart. And Ed Hart sent it out to all the employees of Kentucky Kingdom. This is about four years ago and said, hey, guys, this is the power of theme parks and roller coasters to change lives. And he contacted me and said, what can we do to support Logan? And I said, well, you know, we've been talking to these Cedar Fair parks and these Six Flag parks about having an official Coaster Kids Day at their park. And they never want to do it. And he goes, we'll do it. And so we had a Coaster Kids Day and they did a catered lunch for all of Logan's friends and uh, 140 people showed up for this Coaster Kids Day. And Ed Hart, oh. came out and Ed Hart came out at lunch and was speaking to the kids at the picnic pavilion and the families and he was blown away. He's like, oh my gosh, where are all these people from? I said, uh, I said Ed, watch this. I go, hey, uh, raise your hand if this is the first time you've ever been to Kentucky Kingdom. And um, 80% of them raised their hand. And he goes, why? Right, right. And I go, let me ask you this question. I go, let's go around the, the room here. Where are you guys from? And people start shouting out, we're from New Jersey. We're from Alabama. We're from Portland, Oregon. We're from Florida. Wow. We're from uh, Seattle. And I'm like, Ed, do you get a lot of people from Oregon swinging by uh, Kentucky Kingdom? <laughs> He's like, nope. And I go, this is what can happen if you partner with people in the coaster community and uh, they ended up uh, actually uh, making a sign for Logan that they put on the wall by uh, Kentucky Flyer. And they're selling some of his T-shirts at the park. And, and he, you know, one of my coolest memories was uh, when they first said they're going to build a new coaster. And we didn't even know what it was yet, right? Like a year and a half ahead. He said, Jeff, when, when we open our next coaster, I want you and Logan to be on the front row of the first train. And I said, oh, that's a nice, nice thing to say. That's a nice thing to say. Fast forward a year and a half later, I'm like, he probably forgot that. I'm not going to bring it up. <laughs> so we go to Kentucky Flyer Media Day and there's, you know, Coaster Studios is there and Coaster Force is there and a lot of the big names and they're all getting ready to ride. And they're like, wait, wait, you know, Jesse, the uh, VP of uh, marketing there is like, wait, wait, hold up, hold up. Mr. Hart wants to make sure that he promised Logan to be on the front row of the first train. And I'm like, you know, there's a guy with character right there. And so, so some of those parks are near and dear to me. Uh, we had a great experience at Six Flags uh, New England uh, with Jen McGrath, who's out there, who called in the media and they gave away like 150 tickets to uh, autism charities in honor of Logan when we were there. And, um, wow. and so those are my favorite parks are the ones that recognize that we're trying to do something special and go out of their way, you know, to work with us in some way. It, uh, but if you're just talking about pure favorite parks, uh, I would say my number one favorite park I've ever been to in the world is Fantasia Land in Germany. Nice. That, that blew me away. 
and I'll tell you what, I mean, I'm a kind of a theming guy, right? And you go to Europe and it's like, wow, it's a whole nother level of theming. It's like Universal or Disney or even better. Uh, but one of the things I like yeah. about Fantasia Land is every coaster they have is an awesome version of that coaster, right? Uh, Terran is an right. awesome launch coaster. Uh, the uh, uh, Black Mamba is an awesome B&M invert. Uh, uh, even the the kitty coasters, the, the their mine train. I don't remember what it was called, Colorado something. There's an awesome mine train. So Fantasia Land probably number one. Uh, number two, I think for me would be Alton Towers in um, England. Hmm. Alton Towers blew me away. You walk in there and you're like, "Where's the coasters? They don't have." Oh yeah, they're here. They're just below where you can even see them. And so you walk around. It's just beautiful. Uh, number three, I would say is probably Europa Park in. Um, in England. We spent two days at Europa Germany. Park and that place is pretty awesome. And uh, the Mock Rides family actually gave us a tour of their factory, which was pretty cool when we were there. Uh, next would probably be um, Fort Aventura in Spain. Uh, that place nice. was, uh, pretty, was pretty awesome. Uh, we really, you know, again, some awesome theming, some fun rides. And then also all of my favorites are in Europe. Uh, my favorite U.S. park I probably got to go with Kings Island because that's just my childhood is all wrapped up in Kings Island. And sure. when I walk in there and I see the fountains and I see the tower, you know, and smell the, the food, it just brings me back. Uh, after Kings Island, probably Dollywood. I'm a big Dollywood nice. fan. Uh, I could, uh, you know, you talk, Dave, you're trying to lose some weight, but uh, I could eat cinnamon bread for every meal. I think I'd be happy. <laughs> I, had, uh, I had the honor of having that last year. Oh, that was, but, but I you hope, know, uh, with, uh, hopefully that comes out to Kentucky kingdom <laughs> with her. Well, yeah. And it's, that's part of, we'll right. see if Kentucky kingdom kind of keeps working with Logan. I'm not sure if they will now if they're part of Hershey we'll see. But, uh, but when I talk, I, I've got a chance to have great conversations with a lot of theme park, senior management, right? The owners of these parks and the presidents and executive directors. And, uh, and they asked me, all right, Jeff, you've been to 90 different theme parks in the last six years. That's probably not a record, but that's, that's a lot. What's the difference between the great parks and the not so great parks? And I tell them, you know, it's not the rides or the coasters. Uh, I think the very best parks have done a good job of hiring the right people and training those people so that they care if the visitors have a good day. That's what yep. you get at Dollywood, mostly because the workers are all retired grandmas and grandpas, <laughs> but that's what you get at Disney, right? <laughs> Everybody at Disney has been trained. Right. We're here to make, to deliver magic for these people. That's what you don't get Universal in as well. Yeah. In most of the Six Flags parks. What you know, you go Agreed. to go to yep. Six Flags, uh, you know, Great Adventure or Great America. What percentage of the employees give a damn if you have a good day or not? Mm, yep. Not, yep. not a very yep. high percentage. I agree. Right. I've I think seen. Kings Island does yep. a better job. I think Cedar Point does a pretty good job. And a lot of it is because of their international yep. students. They get those people coming in from Bulgaria and Romania, and they're just so excited to be working at Cedar Point that they, um, but that to me, that's a big difference. And so when I'm talking to, you know, smaller upcoming parks, I'm like, Hey, you know, if you want, you want to double your attendance, it's not just building a new coaster, but why don't you hire the right people who care about working here and train them to deliver a great customer experience? I do a lot of training in the restaurant business and I tell them the same things. You know, you're not going to double your revenue by having some magic entree. It's going to be by delivering a great dining experience. So yeah. those are some of my favorites. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. Thank you, Jeff. So just to touch upon that. So um, you mentioned like overall Fantasia Land's your favorite. Fantasia Land, I've been to a lot of parks all over the world. Uh, probably up, I don't know, my 
heart count is. I know my coaster count's 330 right now, but heart count's probably up around yours. I've been all over Asia, Middle East, US, of course, uh, and Europe. Uh, but one park I've not been to is Fantasialand. It's my number one haven't been to yet park that I really want to go to. And the primary reason, there's a couple of reasons. One is to ride Terran because Maverick's my favorite coaster. And I know Terran's his big brother. And it's also why I'm more excited about Velocicoaster opening here in Orlando than I am about Iron Quasi. I'm looking forward to both. I'm looking forward to Velocicoaster more. I love Intamin Blitzcoasters. Um, and then the other is that Rapids ride they have at Fantasia Land. Looks amazing. Of course, Intamin Rapids ride. Um, yeah, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, yeah it looks, looks amazing. And then um, when I said, when you first started answering the question, you know, more seriously, understandably, because of the parks that have supported Logan, I knew you're going to mention, as I as I alluded to, interjected in there, uh, Kentucky Kingdom, because I know how amazing they've been with you guys supporting Coaster Kids, Coaster Kids Day, selling your merchandise, helping raise money for Coaster Kids, uh, which is now charity. I think that's all amazing. That's awesome, and and you should be very proud of you know your own accomplishments and Logan's accomplishments with all the Coaster Kids. Uh, I've met at least one Coaster Kid, by the way. I've met Itai, who is big out there in Bush Gardens, Tampa. Yeah, I met him at a at a uh, media event there, and super nice guy. Uh, but yeah, you guys are awesome. So I really appreciate the, your time today. Again, this has been a very long interview, our longest yet. Um, so the last feel thing free, I want to do here is feel free to cut any of this ask, out that you need to. Um, feel free to trim it down. Oh, um, there'll be we'll some be editing. Reviewing. There'll be some editing. <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah. David's gonna. I know how all about editing podcasts. Like I said earlier, David, I I wish you luck on this one. Um, but uh, but seriously, Jeff. Uh, last thing, if you'd like, uh, please share with the Coaster Challenge audience here um, how people can find you, or for that matter, Coaster Kids or Thrills United. However, whatever you want to share on social media, your website, your YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever you'd like to share. Here's your time. Here's okay. your chance. Yeah, I, pre- I appreciate that. Uh, I just started a YouTube channel. You know, I, I do speaking and training and all of my events got canceled because of COVID. So I was sitting around the house trying to think of how can I be have a positive influence on people. And someone said, well, Jeff, you know how to make YouTube videos. You've made like 700 YouTube videos for Logan. Uh, <laughs> why don't you start a channel? So I started a channel called An Epic Life, A-N and then An Epic Life. And feel free to check that out. I basically tell stories from my uh, crazy life adventures with kind of motivational, inspirational uh, little tidbits. Someone can find me online at jeffjoiner.com. Uh, it's J-O-I-N-E-R. Uh, our, the charity is uh, coasterkids.org. Uh, you can find us on there and see Logan's team of uh, Coaster Kids ambassadors around the world and uh, the board of directors and all that and uh, a video about what the charity does. And then Logan's new channel is Thrills United. Um, he's, uh, you know, Coaster Kids is right around 30,000. And I was really proud of him when he said, I'm just going to give that to charity. He gave, you know, his YouTube channel away. He gave away his t-shirt business, you know, um, pretty profitable business that he just donated to charity. Uh, And he started something new, but it's thrillsunited.com. And he's got merchandise and he's got a a team of uh, kind of regional representatives around the world that are helping him make some content. And so uh, anybody want to check that stuff out? We'd appreciate it. And uh, enjoyed being on here with you guys. Look forward to seeing you at a park here soon, hopefully. Yes. And make sure to subscribe. Great. Subscribe Thank to uh, Jeff's and Coaster Kids and Thrills United's channels. And uh, Jeff, it's really honored to have you on the show, sir. And, um, you know, it's I really embrace everything that you and Logan have done with everything you guys have done with your social media streams and making a difference in people's lives. I mean, some of his videos that I got to see when I started out, um, inspired me on several coasters for me to get on. And, uh, I will always, I hope that, uh, together 
we can do some fun projects down the road. And I definitely would love to have Logan come join us on an episode because I would love to hear his side of the story too on on what got him where he's going. And uh, I just deeply appreciate your time, sir. Thank you so much. Enjoyed it. Thanks, guys. Yes. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Andrew, Jeff, and David. That was a great interview. It was. It was a really fun interview. A uh, little long, but there was so much, uh, so much information that when you get started in something like that, it, it, you get so in depth, you you kind of lose the time. So if and those who complained about our long, probably the longest podcast, but it was for a very good reason. I mean, there was a really good in depth conversation on everything from fear, anxiety, depression, bullying. I mean, it was just. All, all a lot to take in but it's a good educational this was a very good educational episode so yes thank you jeff yes and thank you so much guys thank you andrew and jeff uh, i really appreciate you guys uh coming on and well next week we've got another exciting episode so i'm david Cantu. this is jd prescott and we'll see you next week here on coaster challenge